The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to A Gut Feeling, where we discuss the brain-gut connection and how to break free from bloating and chronic inflammation of the gut. I'm your host, Jacqueline Renee, former anxious IBS struggler turned holistic health coach and digestive specialist. Thank you so much for joining me on your healing journey. Hey guys, welcome back and happy new year. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? 2021, we are on the path. So I thought, you know what, how do I want to start this year out for the podcast? And I thought, well, what better way to begin than by discussing nutrition? My last podcast was all about stopping the resolution, not putting a stressful diet on yourself or forcing yourself to do something that was more than you needed to do. Really, when it comes down to healing the gut, it comes down to some basic guidelines of the quality of your food and how you should be eating it. And, you know, just the way you're eating it, how you're eating it, and also when it comes to breakfast, lunch, and dinner, what's important for you. So I thought, why don't I break into gut healing foods and what it truly takes to heal the gut with food. And we're going to do a two part. So today we're doing part one, and then I hope you stick around for part two and listen to that too, because that's going to have a lot of information as well. So today I really want to talk about diets. There is no one size fits all diet at all for anybody. So, you know, even if you want to be hardcore vegan or hardcore paleo, it does not mean that your brother, sister, aunt, uncle, cousin, whoever, that they will have the same positive results as you from the diet that you have. And that is extremely important to know when it comes to healing the body because what can work for one person, what's one person's food can be another person's poison. So we really have to be careful with pushing other, pushing lifestyles on other people. For me, when I work with clients, I'm always taking into consideration their ancestry, what they've sort of been through, their genetics, what their parents have going on, what their grandparents going on, and also how they're absorbing food, how they're digesting food. Now, all of my clients that come to me have digestive issues, but not each case is very different. So I always use complete bioindividuality with every person, and I never have one size fits all diet. Do I have basic guidelines that I want my clients to follow for gut healing? Absolutely. But sometimes one tip that helps one person doesn't help another. So it's very important to sort of have to understand that your case can be completely different from someone else's. So that is why I do always recommend working with a practitioner such as myself or any of my colleagues that you see me post about when it comes to healing the gut. But also there are some must-do guidelines, what I like to call them non-negotiables. You guys have heard me talk about non-negotiables before uh, when it comes to digestive health. And today I want to go through five different pillars of gut healing foods that are very important for you to follow if you want to have success with your gut this year, your gut healing journey. So 
All right, let's start. Let's dig in. Let's go right for it. Number one today, when it comes to gut healing foods, the element that you want to pay attention to is food quality. And if we're talking about food quality, then we're talking about organic. I know sometimes it can be a little expensive to buy organic or it can feel overwhelming if you're not used to buying it, but it is the number one most important pillar when it comes to healing any type of ailment, especially your gut. Pesticides or herbicides or genetically genetically modified organisms that make its way into your food and then you ingest it can break down your gut lining over time. It can cause a myriad of health issues from asthma to skin issues like psoriasis and eczema. And then also, you know, everything we talk about the gut, constipation, gas, diarrhea, upset stomach, all of these things can just come from how your food is farmed. So it's very, very, very important to look into your food a little bit deeper. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about organic for a little bit so you can really understand that. Number one, when you go to a grocery store, if you look at fruits or veggies or anything, they have a barcode and on the barcode will be like a five to six digit number. And if it begins with a nine, it's organic. And if it begins with a four, it's non-organic or conventional as they like to call it. And the thing about that is, well, there's also a third number and that is three. Three means local. Now, local doesn't always mean that it's certified organic, but it doesn't mean that it's got pesticides or it's conventional either. When it's local, the thing is you want to investigate the farm a little bit more or maybe check the farmer's market or ask about the practices because oftentimes smaller farmers cannot afford the certification when it comes to being organic or just don't want to buy into the practices of it because it's not really well-run, you know, like way of looking at things. So they don't always buy into it. So check with, if it's like a local farm that, you know, you can always call, they're happy to tell you about their practices or check out a farmer's market is another way to save money. Um, because you're not paying for the big box, you know, whole foods, whatever it is, um, company, and you can save a little bit money on, on organic there. So, Again, you're looking for the nine when it comes to organic, when it comes to produce. Now with meat and fish and chicken and stuff like that, always, always, always certified organic. And in addition, in addition to that, what you really want to look at is antibiotic and hormone free. When it comes to farming animals in America, they are definitely, you know, over farmed for mass production because everything is more and more and more. When they're trying to overproduce them, they will fatten them up or feed them with stuff that they're not used to eating. So cows are only intended to eat grass. Well, now because of mass production, they do things like feed them grain or other things that they're not supposed to be eating. And then what happens is, yes, they get fat and juicy and produce great meat, but the cow also gets sick. And if the cow gets sick, then oftentimes it's exposed to antibiotics to make it better. And if it's exposed to antibiotics, 
then in turn, you are taking in all of that that comes from a cow. So let's say the cow was really sick. It was given grain, had a very bad upset stomach, was given a couple courses around of antibiotics. And in turn, it's also been fed hormones to fatten it up or to keep it pregnant. Now you are taking in pesticides from the grain, hormones from the um, round of them trying to, you know, produce as much as they can with milk and um, production. And then number three, you're getting antibiotics from their antibiotic exposure too, especially in their meat and muscle and all of that. So you can see how important it is when choosing organic for meats because you're not just getting non-organic cow, you're getting other elements that can hurt your gut or your body and um, in so many other diseases that can come from eating non-organic meat. Now, I am not completely vegan. However, I have reduced my meat consumption by a lot, and I'm extremely picky when it comes to the companies and farmers that I use for my meat. Um, and, and I always try to do my research, which is something I want you guys to do too. I want you to be your best investigator. Look into the farms that you're buying from, ask questions. You know, this is your family's health and your health. So it's really important to look into those things. So fruits, veggies, meats, eggs should always be organic, cage-free, antibiotic-free, free range, free of all the things, <laughs> because it's very important to have a healthy animal if you're going to consume it, the animal should be very healthy. Now this trickles in also to nuts and seeds, grains, anything you buy for your pantry, organic, organic, organic. As much as you can reduce your exposure to pesticides and genetically modified organisms, the better chance you have of healing your gut. I know that shopping for this can be overwhelming. Now, one of the things that you can do is you can find a health coach locally and they will do grocery shopping tours. Now, obviously I moved out of my hometown state and I'm no, am no longer there, but you can search local health coach in Google and reach out and find someone who will do a grocery shopping tour with you. And yes, they are still doing them inside of COVID. Um, if you just want some more advice, then always we can um, meet over the phone or talk on Zoom and we can talk through strategy when it comes to going grocery shopping because uh, going to the store to go grocery shopping because it's really helpful to know what you need to do before going in with anything in life, <laughs> being prepared is, um, you know, everything when it comes to having success long-term. So organic number one, and you guys can see why there's been a huge change in our food industry in America, and we have to adapt. That is just a fact when it comes to being able to consume food that is healthy and healing for our body. So Quality is so important. Organic is so important. It's a non-negotiable. That's where we're starting everything when it comes to healing. Now, if you're saying, well, Jack, it's really expensive. Is there a way around it? All of this stuff. What I'm going to say to you is look at it from a different perspective. Okay. Now we're not eating out as much anymore. We're not buying as much stuff. Hopefully we don't need as much consumerism. So you can really put your dollar into your food and your healing. And the more people that 
let's say, vote with their dollar when it comes to buying organic, the more accessible it will become for people. It will become less expensive because more people will be saying, this is what I want and not buying conventional and still keeping that as an option. We need to fight to make this the norm because we know years and years and years ago, there was no difference between organic and conventional. Um, and because of the change with big pharma and the exposure to the pesticides, this is how they, it became separate. Well, we need to just make it one with organic and it's really important to vote with your dollars. So check your perspective, look at uh, what you have going on in your budget. How can you shift something? You know, if you're buying a new sweater every week or a new loungewear every week, how can you scale back on that and put your money to your food? because that is your best resource when it comes to healing and for long-term wellness. And personally, I'd rather be around for an extra 10 years than have the newest sweater. So I don't know how you feel about that, but that's where I'm at on it. And so organic, 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 number one. So number two, eating the same thing every day is not helpful for your gut health. We have something called our gut microbiome, which is basically like in charge of our whole digestion. And what happens is if we eat the same thing every day, it doesn't help vary the gut microbiome and the gut microbiome can start to just feel stagnant. And we need an array of nutrients, a variety of phytonutrients to be able to keep our gut microbiome growing healthy. So if you're the type of person that's a creature of habit and you're like, okay, well, this is, I'm eating really healthy. I'm just going to have oatmeal for breakfast, a salad for lunch and a meat and veggie for dinner every day, or egg omelet for breakfast, a sandwich for lunch and soup for dinner every day. And it's the same, the same, the same over and over. It's not helpful for your gut. We need to vary it as much as possible. When I talk about phytonutrients, I'm talking about all the colors of the rainbows. We need the reds, the purples, the greens, the oranges, the every single color that fruits and veggies come in. We need to have a variety of them. So what I've done with my grocery shopping that's really helpful is I started well, there's two things that I've started. And so you can pick what works for you. And even along the way in this podcast, I'm going to give you options for you. You need to figure out what's right for your body and for your, basically your family, your lifestyle, whatever works for you. So here's two options. The number one um, option is to cycle sync. Now this is from women, more for women. So um, to get on a regular cycle, there is something called cycle syncing, which is eating certain foods at certain times of your cycle. Now, if you're interested in learning more about this, you can do two things. The first thing you can do is you can read my favorite book in the whole wide world. It's called Woman Code by Alyssa Vitti, where she breaks down understand. She breaks down all of the tools and tips to understand cycle syncing. And so we have four phases of the cycle. We have our menstrual, our follicular, our ovulatory, and our luteal. And you vary your foods in each one of those cycles to balance your cycle out and to get different types of nutrients. So that's one way of doing it that is obviously heavily geared towards women and also great for balancing hormones and improving gut health. 
Now, if you're a man that's listening or cycle syncing isn't your jam as a woman or you're before or after that, you don't really care about it. What I like to do is when I make my grocery shopping list, um, I have it in a Google Doc and I look back at what I may have purchased the week before and then I try to vary it for the next week. So I'll make Buddha bowls or salads or soups or whatever it is. And whatever I focus on the week before, I'm going to try to incorporate five new vegetables the new week. So let's say the first week I was like, mm, this sounds great. I'm going to go sweet potatoes, oranges. I'm going to make a cabbage salad. I'm going to make a kale soup. Then the next week I think, okay, well, how can I vary that? Okay, I already did some sweet potatoes. Maybe I'll switch to carrots. I was eating a lot of oranges. Maybe it's time for apples or I'll throw a banana in there. Or I had kale, so let me switch to spinach. There's always something in the same category that you can switch over to. And then just try to vary it week by week if it's easier for you to focus on the same meals weekly, but then switching it you know, week by week versus trying to eat something different every single day of every single month. So hopefully that helps you understand varying your phytonutrients a little bit, but it is extremely important because I'll have many clients come to me and say, I'm eating so healthy. I don't know why what's wrong with my gut. If I eat anything else outside of what I'm eating, I don't feel well, but if I eat what I'm eating, I feel okay. That's a sign and an indication that your microbiome needs to grow and needs to have a more variance. So you can do it slowly by switching up what you have going on on the side or different stuff like that. And like I said, check out, check out the cycle syncing or start to vary your foods week by week and you will feel 10 times better, I promise you. It's so great to get all those different types of nutrients. All right, number three is the one that always has everybody, you know, with crickets or getting off my phone line or not being my friend anymore, but I'll say it. I said it before. I'll say it again. Cutting toxic triggers is so important when it comes to healing your gut. Now the top three are caffeine, sugar, and alcohol, caffeine, sugar, alcohol. You guys, they're very inflammatory to the gut. So before you try a low FODMAP diet or before you try, you know, some crazy cleanse, all you have to do is start cutting back on these toxic trigger elements and you will already feel better. Within days, you'll feel better. Now, I know it's not easy to cut back on all three at once. So you can take your time. You can do one at a time. You can take multiple days to do it. You can wean off if you need to. You know, for sugar, I do a lot of replacement therapy with fruit and honey. Um, if it's caffeine, switch to green tea. Coffee is very acidic. So switching to green tea is very alkaline and um, very cleansing and healing for the liver and good for the body. So you could switch to that to start. Um, and then when it comes to alcohol, you know, cutting back or doing higher quality alcohol, like if you're drinking wine a lot, can you find an organic sulfite free biodynamic wine or try to, you know, just drink less little by little and cut that out. I know that the year has been tough and sugar, caffeine and alcohol is on the rise, um, but it is not helping you or serving your body in any way if you're trying to heal your gut. And if you just focus there first, 
before trying to cut out a million other things or do a drastic diet, you'll have a huge change in your body and your mind because those three trigger anxiety a lot. I know many of you who listen to my podcast do think about anxiety a lot or have anxiety a lot from gut issues. So if you want to cut anxiety and gut issues, go into the toxic triggers. Now you can go even further into understanding what triggers your body as far as inflammation goes. And for that, for my clients, I do a food sensitivity test from KBMO Diagnostics. Now, a couple weeks ago, I interviewed um, James White, the CEO of KBMO. So if you missed that, you can check out that episode a few, um, a few episodes back called, it's titled Food Allergies Versus Food Sensitivities. And we go in to talk about the IgG response versus the IgA response, allergies versus sensitivities, and understanding how eliminating foods that are causing inflammation in your body currently will really help your gut mend. Now, food sensitivities aren't what causes gut issues. Uh, the, the lining of your gut being destroyed over time by stress, environmental toxins, poor nutrition is what causes the gut lining to be damaged. And then comes food sensitivities. So you're really working backwards by eliminating food sensitivities and allowing the gut to heal. And if you allow the gut to heal, technically you should be able to bring these food sensitivities back in at some point because the gut is healed and you no longer have this inflammation going on. So it depends on the person. It depends on the time. It depends on the dedication to the healing journey, but typically it's temporary and it's just used for the time of healing. So if you're interested in getting food sensitivity testing, then you can book a discovery call with me. Check out my website, JacquelineReneeWellness.com. There's a link to book the discovery call, or you can send me an email, Jacqueline at JacquelineReneeWellness.com to start the process of getting tested for food sensitivities. I do recommend trying to cut back caffeine, sugar, and alcohol first, because I'm going to say that in our, our session anyways. Um, it, but if you need more guidance and help on that, then of course, I'm always available to assist you through that. Okay, so number four is the last one that I'm going to talk about today. And then in part two, you'll jump on uh, next week. We'll talk a little bit more about um, step five and then getting into more about understanding your breakfast, lunch and dinner and how they should be you know, approached when it comes to gut healing wellness. Um, so number four today is adding fiber. This kind of goes hand in hand with varying your phytonutrients and feeding your gut microbiome what it needs, but it's in a different way. So fiber is what keeps everything flowing, if you know what I mean. So when it comes to consuming it, it's really recommended that you get at least 25 grams a day, if not more. So the top places that fiber can come from is flax seeds. Ground flax seeds is great. You can add that into your smoothie or put it in your oatmeal. Um, speaking of which, oatmeal has a lot of fiber. But fruits and veggies are the top when it comes to adding fiber. Now, I know a lot of people have had... Um, they've contacted me where they're like, I added fruits and veggies and I got really constipated. This is something that you have to be very careful about when adding in a lot of extra fiber. Take your time to do it. So if you're consuming no fiber, 
maybe just try one or two pieces of fruits and vegetable a day. Or if you're already consuming some, maybe start with a, a tablespoon of flaxseed or adding in some oatmeal or some beans. Beans are really good fiber too. But sometimes people have adverse reactions to this because it's too much too fast. So little by little, I'm never going to say go all in on anything. I'm always going to say tiptoe, peel back the layers and take your time when it comes to introducing this stuff. And in regards to everything I've talked about today, you don't have to do all of this at once. Maybe look at which one of them triggered you the most because whatever we're resisting is the one that we need the most. So you can take your time to tiptoe in. Today, we talked about going organic, um, getting a variance of phytonutrients to feed the gut microbiome, cutting toxic triggers and adding fiber. Now, which one to you feels like where you should start? Maybe it's even a great idea to bust out the journal and journal about it. What's going on with my body? What does my body need? What am I being called to? Really connecting into your body and your intuition when it comes to what your body needs. Because your body always knows, but the most important thing is to listen. And the reason we can't pinpoint or listen is because we're really heavily rooted in the future or we're very heavily rooted in the past. The more you get clear and focused on the present, the more you can receive these messages from your body to know which is the right path for you. Or maybe you knew right away when I was talking about it and you, you were like, ah, yeah, mm -hmm, she said sugar. That's my trigger. That's where I need to start. Whatever it is for you, start with something, get going on the gut healing journey and take your time as it unfolds. You can always reach out to me anytime. Of course, like I said, you can email me Jacqueline at JacquelineReneeWellness.com or book that discovery call on my website, JacquelineReneeWellness.com anytime to get your gut healing journey started. Again, this is part one of a two-part series where we're talking all about the foods that heal your gut, what you need to eat to heal your gut, and how you need to eat to heal your gut. Next week in the podcast, we'll talk more about healing foods and how to approach your breakfast, lunch, and dinner individually so that it works for you in your favor and you don't have to overthink what you need to eat in a day to get that gut healing journey going. So thank you guys so much for joining me. If you love this podcast, feel free to share it with a friend and please, please, please leave a review. Don't forget to subscribe and I'll catch you guys next week with more information about healing your gut with food. Happy healing. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.